do me a favor and think back to grade school. Now, for some of you, that might be a little harder uh, than some, uh, but uh, go ahead and go back to your grade school days, maybe first, second, third grade, and think of that time in recess or in physical education class that you were lining up to play kickball. You know, usually they would select two captains. Usually they're the two best players and they start alternating picks and one by one they start to choose who they want on their team. And maybe it's coming down to three players left, but only two choices to go. And because there's an odd amount, you know, someone's not going to be picked to be on the team. And the captains, you know, that last round, they're, they're so, I guess I'll pick so-and-so, and I guess I'll pick uh, him over there. And uh, you're all alone. You haven't been picked. Does that bring back some bad memories? Well, tonight, let's talk about disappointment. Uh, that's kind of disappointing, isn't it? Uh, but in life, you know, some get picked first and others get picked last. Some seem to be lucky in life while others seem not to ever win at anything. Uh, we have some who, you know, they, they get those promotions at work and there are some who seem like they never advance. Uh, some see the limelight while others never get the time of day. And we can see that in scripture as well. Do you, how well do you remember the man by the name of Matthias? Matthias. Uh, that name might be familiar to you. He's only mentioned twice in the Bible, and they both come in Acts chapter 1. But maybe to remind you where this man uh, is placed, uh, there were these two guys who were selected to possibly be the replacement apostle for Judas Iscariot. And, of course, Matthias is the one who is chosen. And we'll look at those passages here a little bit later. But do you remember the name of the other man who was brought forth next to Matthias? You know, maybe you're thinking, well, was his name even given? You know, I, I just can't remember. Well, the Bible tells us his name was Joseph, also called Barsabbath, also called Justice. And his name is only mentioned in the Bible once. And again, that's in Acts chapter 1. Well, have you ever thought to yourselves when reading that, whatever happened to that guy? Do you remember him? Again, he is one of those who was considered to take the place of an apostle, but he wasn't selected. And it's that man that I want us for us to this evening to sort of think about. Uh, again, how did it feel being selected as possibly being one of the next uh, members of the 12 apostles? You know, he would have the same authority as Peter and James and John to be able to uh, control uh, you know, evil spirits and dispel them out of people or do some other miraculous thing. He was going to be part of the 12. How would he have felt at that point? But then also, let's ask this question. How did he feel when he was found out not to be picked to be one of the 12 apostles? How might he have felt then? And what about the rest of the story? Did this man stay faithful or did he let his disappointment get the better of him? And so we want to consider those events here this evening and and also, you know, we can easily uh, interpose ourselves into this story as well and maybe ask ourselves throughout this lesson, what would I do in a situation like that? So if you would, and you have your Bibles open, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. We're going to notice a few things. Of course, in Acts chapter 1 uh, is written by the 
the man Luke, the doctor, the, the physician Luke. And after he writes his gospel uh, account, the, the gospel of Luke, he goes right into recording the book of Acts. It's almost, uh, you know, if you read Luke and Acts, it's kind of seamless how he goes from one to another. And in Acts chapter one, we notice that Jesus, uh, of course, he's been crucified. He's been raised from the dead. He's visiting with his apostles and disciples for that amount of time after his, his resurrection. And he's giving his apostles here in chapter one some instructions. Uh, he's telling them in verse four that he's requiring them to hang around Jerusalem. He wants them to do that because uh, they, he's going to send them the promise of the Holy Spirit. He says that they are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And also he tells them in verse 8 that they are going to be his witnesses in Judea and then Samaria and the remotest parts of the world. And then, of course, in verse 9, Jesus ascends to the Father. We'll pick up with me in verse 12 and notice this. It says, Then they returned to Jerusalem. From the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away, when they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, that is Peter and John, and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers." So we've got 11 of the 12 original apostles. Uh, they come into Jerusalem. There's this upper room that they're staying in. And it says that there's others gathered there with them at that time. Uh, Jesus's mother and Jesus's brothers and some of the other women. And they're devoting their time to prayer. Well, notice it in verses 15 through 22. Um, another scene here in Acts chapter 1 is at this time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren there was a gathering about 120 persons uh, were all together and said, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was counted among us and received his share in this ministry. Now the man acquired a field with the price of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his intestines gushed out. And it became known to all who were living in Jerusalem. So that in their own language, that field was called Hakadalama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his homestead be made desolate, and let no one dwell in it, and let another man take his office. Therefore, it is necessary that one of the men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John, until the day that he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us, in his resurrection. So we have an account here where Peter is among 120 brethren. He stands up in front of them and he explains the betrayal of Judas uh, that we read about in the Gospel of Counts. Right? Judas, Judas betrays Jesus and, and because of that, uh, because of the remorse that he had after uh, he finds out that, Jesus, that Jesus is going to be condemned to death, Judas goes and uh, hangs himself. He commits suicide. But a remorseful Judas, before he does that, you know, remember, he goes back to the chief priest and he gives the money back. He gives back those 30 pieces of silver uh, because uh, he has, because what he says, I have betrayed innocent blood. I have sinned because of that. And remember, he throws the money back into the, the temple sanctuary and he leaves. Well, the chief priests, they want nothing to do with this money, right? This is blood money. And so what they do is they go and they buy a field and they say, we're just any random stranger. We're just going to bury them there. We're going to use the money to do that. And so that's what they do with that money. 
But here, Peter says uh, all of that was to fulfill what was prophesied in the book of Psalms, Psalm 109, verse 8 in particular, that said, let another man take his office. And so consequently, the Lord needs another apostle. He needs a 12th apostle. And so um, at this time, and so Peter really, he lays out the requirements here of what it means to be an apostle, uh, one of the 12 apostles. And that, that major qualification is they needed somebody who was a witness of Jesus's ministry from the beginning at, at his baptism by John the Baptist until through his resurrection. And just sort of a side note, you know, that's why we don't have uh, apostles today, you know, capital A apostles. The apostleship has died away in the first century uh, because um, nobody today was alive to witness uh, those things. And so we don't meet those qualifications. And that's also why in Acts chapter 12, uh, when James uh, is going to be put to death, we see that no longer will apostles be replaced uh, at that point going forward. But at this moment in time, in Acts chapter 1, the Lord needed that 12th apostle. And so we see here, let's finish the story here in verse 23. And so they put two men forward, Joseph called Barsabbath, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, you know the hearts of all men. Show which one of these two you have chosen to occupy this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they drew lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. Again, two men were proposed, Matthias and Barsabbath. These two men fit the description that Peter said. They were those who had witnessed uh, Jesus in his life and his resurrection. And so uh, they bring these two forward, they pray, and lots are cast, and Matthias was chosen. Now, what does it mean to cast lots? You know, we could think of it in different ways here today. We could think of it as maybe like flipping a coin or rolling a dice or drawing a name from a hat. You know, probably what they used back then uh, was, you know, maybe they had a a black rock and a white rock, right? And they said, whoever chooses the white rock out of, you know, this uh, out of this uh, bag or whatever, uh, that's the one that's going to be chosen. But here's the thing about it. It, it, There was no luck involved in this process. You know, again, it wasn't a vote. It wasn't leaving. It wasn't left to fate or chance. But God chose Matthias. Right? He says there in that verse that he knew the hearts of these individuals. And for whatever reason, Matthias was the one that was chosen. God chose him. But again, what about Barsabbath? What happens to this man? Have you ever wondered that? Did, did anyone console him after this, uh, this drawing of lots? Did anyone come up to him and say, sorry about that? What happened to him? Well, first of all, let's, let's talk about, about a couple of things. What could have happened? Uh, just briefly here, what could have happened? And number one is he could have gotten angry and become bitter, right? And again, we, we're going to put ourselves into this spot as well and, and, and ask ourselves, would we act this way as well? You know, that's not fair, right? Uh, let's do this two out of three times. Uh, that was just luck. I want to redo Right? Those are some things that, uh, that Barsabbath could have said. You know, I'm go, always getting the short end of the stick in life. Do you know people who profess to uh, love Jesus, but when they're disappointed, you know, they might leave? You know, they'll say to themselves, you know, I'll show them a thing or two. Uh, but really what they're doing is they're hurting themselves a lot more than the church. Or maybe they don't leave, but maybe they'll sit and pout about things. Right? They'll, they'll, they'll criticize people like Matthias 
and all his moves because he was the one that was chosen. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 tells us, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. He could have gotten angry and become bitter. Again, we don't know. He could have grumbled. He could have grumbled. Uh, okay, you know, they, they, they chose him over me. Uh, you know, maybe trying to plant some seeds into other people's head to work people up. You know, they chose me and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to them, right? Or, or maybe the other way around. Maybe Matthias, or excuse me, uh, Barsabbath was okay with the decision, but people came to him and said, that should have been you. That should have been you, not, not Matthias. What do we do in situations like those? Do we give, uh, do we give that gossip or that, uh, that, that grumbling legs and let it uh, fester and get bigger? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, Paul says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing. So again, what could Barsabbas have done? Could he have gotten angry and become bitter? Could he have grumbled? Or could he have allowed that disappointment to destroy himself? You know, could he have walked away from God because he wasn't chosen? Could he have been bitter of the other person? You know, that was, uh, you know, sort of hearkening back a few years ago for, for myself. You know, that was kind of the, the, uh, the theme of this constant theme when I was, you know, when I graduated from preaching school and I was looking for a place to go and preach. You know, it, we had uh, tryout after tryout where uh, it, it would come down to myself and another man. And it, it seemed like time and time again that it was, well, we really liked you, but we really liked this other guy over here, and he had 10 years of experience, and you, you're coming fresh out of school. And so it got frustrating, you know? Uh, I was never chosen. Uh, am I doing things right? Did I make a mistake? You know, these were the questions that kept going around in my head. Again, it was frustrating. But again, I had to keep being reminded by people in my life that, Maybe this was all part of God's plan, right? Maybe he had a plan for us to end uh, up here in, in Columbia, Kentucky, right? And so maybe that's why those things happened. That's what could have happened. And we really hope it didn't happen in Barsabbas's life that he fell to these things. Hopefully he was bigger than that. Again, this man was a disciple of Jesus. He was a man who was set before uh, the apostles as one of two uh, positions. But again, we don't know how he acted. But what about us? How do we handle hurt and disappointment in this life? What will we do when we get our feelings hurt? Or people come and grumble about another? You know, will we have a ready ear? Uh, will we engage in it and give it legs? Or will we shut those things down? What could have happened to Bar Sabbath? But really, I want to spend the most of our time here this evening talking about what should have happened. And really, this is the theme for this lesson. And I put that up here as the first point here is that he should have realized that though he was not chosen to be an apostle, he was still chosen to be God's child. And again, I'll say that again. He should have realized that though he was not chosen to be an apostle, he was still chosen to be God's child. And we cannot belittle our relationship with God uh, in Jesus Christ. You know, we may never, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a male, you may never be an elder in the Lord's church. You may never be a deacon. Or if you're a female, you may never be the wife of an elder or a deacon. You may never be a Bible class teacher, right? But that doesn't mean you are of lesser value. You have still been chosen by God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. 
And it's such a beautiful passage, Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 4, going through 14. You know, read it sometime. Read it later tonight, because you're going to see one blessing after another of uh, being in Christ, of uh, forgiveness and the inheritance and having, again, uh, redeemed all of these blessings one after another. You have been chosen in him before the foundation of the world. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen race. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, the people of God's own possession. Again, you are a chosen race. God chose us. He placed us inside the body of Christ to be his children. And how great is that? You know, going back to that opening illustration, you know, that means uh, we're going to be on God's kickball team forever, right? We're never going to have to line up and hope that we don't get chosen because God has chosen us. I've been using a couple of illustrations past couple of lessons in the book of Numbers. And I want to do one more here this evening. In Numbers chapter 16, there's this story of this man by the name of Korah. And he has this great rebellion against Moses and Aaron. See, uh, Korah was a Levite. And so uh, he he had gathered uh, a lot of the other Levites together. And he leads this revolt. And he comes and he complains to Moses. Numbers chapter 16, verse 3, it says, They assembled together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You have gone far enough. For all the congregations are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is in their midst. So why do you exalt yourself above the assembly of God? Verse 4 says that when Moses heard this, he fell on his face. He was sad about this, that he was being um, blamed for being more holy than everyone else. That was never Moses' intentions. You're not content, Moses is going to say. You are a Levite, Korah. You have rights that the other uh, Israelites of those other 11 tribes, they don't have, that they don't have. God chose you, uh, Levites, to be uh, of special service. And then verses 9 and 10 of Numbers 16, it says, Is it not enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister to them? And that you have brought you near Korah and all your brothers, sons of Levi, with you. Are you seeking for the priesthood also? Korah, you and your brothers, you don't get it. You get to come near to the Lord. Nobody else in any other tribe gets to do those things but you. But we see that Korah has this rebellion against Moses and Aaron because you know, they want part of that high priest duty that only came uh, for those who were Aaron and his children. But some, some like Korah, they just can't be content with those God-given roles that they were given. Well, again, when I'm not chosen, remember, remember, I am chosen. I'm going to give you an illustration here uh, this evening, and hopefully uh, this will make a lot of sense. But let's say that as you walked into the building, I handed each one of you an envelope. Okay, I handed each one of you an envelope and you didn't know what was in there. And then I tell you uh, later on to open that envelope and that of those envelopes, five of them contain the golden ticket. Okay, and that golden ticket is worth one million dollars. Okay, and so uh, you have in your hands, if you have a golden ticket, one million dollars. And I also say, well, outside is waiting for those five individuals, four limousines. And one, well, we could only, we only had enough to rent four limousines, and so uh, the fifth person's going to have to drive in, you know, Oscar the Grouch's sloppy jalopy or something like that. Do you think anyone who 
won a golden ticket, who's going to have to ride to the bank and Oscar the Grouch's sloppy jalopy is going to say, man, I really got cheated. Well, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. There's no way uh, that, they got, that they care that they got passed up riding in a limo. Uh, they are going to walk to the bank if they have to, right? Because they won that, that million dollars. Well, that's the same thing in the church. And maybe we aren't chosen to do something uh, like our Sabbath, but we're still God's chosen people. In the church, if we get disappointed by being passed up, again, you're still a child of God. You are an heir of heaven. And so finally, I just want to give three quick suggestions here this evening, and then the lesson will be yours. But three quick suggestions when dealing with disappointment. And number one, remember who you are. Remember who you are. I'm going to turn to Romans real quick, uh, chapter 16, verse 23. And notice this passage. This is sort of an obscure passage. It's maybe something that we've probably never really studied. But in Romans chapter 16, verse 23, this is you know, where Paul is giving uh, his farewells, his you know, say hello to such and such. And he says here, Gaius, host to me and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, greets you. And Quartus, the brother. Quartus, the brother. Not an apostle, not a pillar in the church, but simply a brother, you know, a brother in Christ. And isn't that enough? Isn't that all we need is for someone to refer to us as a brother? This man, he didn't have to slay giants. He didn't have to be thrown into a fiery furnace and have anything recorded for us like that. But simply a brother. That's all Cortes is remembered for. That's the only time he is in scripture. And what more can we ask for? Don't let the fact that you may not get what you want get in the way of forgetting what you have. You're a brother. There's nothing more than that. Number two, rejoice with those who rejoice. That's from Romans chapter 12, verse 15. Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Of course, we might be disappointed that we weren't chosen. No one gets it their way all the time, but don't let that stand in your way, right? Pat them on the back. I'm happy for you. I appreciate you. Again, rejoice with those who rejoice. And we'll be able to deal with that uh, disappointment a lot easier. And then finally, learn the discipline of submission. Learn the discipline of submission. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8, the Hebrews writer writing about Jesus says, Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. You notice that uh, maybe takes us by surprise that it says Jesus learned. He learned obedience. You know, he experienced learning by submitting himself to God. And again, that applies to you and I as well today. You know, in the church, uh, we're told uh, in Hebrews chapter uh, 13, verse 17, that we are to submit to an eldership. Right. Uh, uh, He says there that uh, obey your leaders and submit to them to authorities. Paul says in Romans 13, verse 1, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. And also in Colossians chapter 3, verse 22, you know, if you have a job, if you have a boss, uh, we are to submit to them as well. Obey those who are masters or who are your masters on earth. And that's really the the thought behind that is uh, there is always someone who is above you. There is always someone who is who is picked over us. Right? And so uh, those are some uh, things that we should remember that as Bar- reminding ourselves of our Sabbath, that, again, being a brother is enough. 
Rejoice with those who rejoice. Learn to or learn the discipline of submission when it comes to disappointment in this life. Again, it's hard to do. We don't know uh, what Bar Sabbath did, what he chose to do, but we sure hope that that was the outcome. Again, two disciples of Jesus Christ and one position as apostle. And what an exciting moment for Matthias. I can't imagine. Uh, how excited and happy he was to be chosen to be one of the twelve. But again, thinking of Bar Sabbath and the disappointment that he must have encountered that day. Again, I wish I knew how it all ended up. And you may too as well. But I do know there is a lesson for us in it. And that what, we are, go- what are we going to do when we are disappointed in this life? Are, are we going to grumble and complain? Or are we going to realize the blessings that we already have being in Christ. May God help us to overcome our disappointments when they come our way. And no matter how many disappointments we may face, it doesn't matter in the end because God has chosen me and heaven is my home and that should be good enough. And may uh, we instead realize all the blessings that we have in Jesus. This evening as we offer the invitation, if anyone here is ready to become a Christian to receive those blessings to be in Christ, we would love the opportunity to study with you or to help you, assist you in your walk with, with Christ, to put Christ on in baptism. Or this evening, if you're here and you need the, the strength and encouragement of this congregation and you want to do it in a public fashion, we would love the opportunity to uh, pray for you and to help you in your walk with Christ. Again, uh, please let us know however we can help this evening as together we stand and sing this song of encouragement.